Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Hey, Matt, are you ready to do some freestyling? Yes. Uh, yeah. Our rap careers will be born on this episode. Could you imagine? That'd be the worst, <laughs> the worst thing you've ever heard in your life. Um, today we are reviewing Rada Blanks, uh, the 40 year old version, which is now streaming on Netflix. Uh, you know, written, starring and directed and produced by Rada Blank and produced. Um, super, super impressive. Um, Eric, what is the 40 year old version? Well, as you mentioned, uh, Rana Blank is a talent to be reckoned with as writer, director, producer, and star. She plays a heightened version of herself, a once aspiring playwright who is nearing 40. She's recently lost her mother and is kind of toiling away at projects that aren't getting any funding that are specifically focused on the African-American community, but aren't about exploitation or sort of turning it into awards baity material. And she navigates the world of New York and, and the artists kind of, you know, living on, you know, the sidelines, so to speak, because she also has a job as a theater teacher, uh, teaching kids who are kind of just reluctantly there and coming up with projects and ideas that aren't really that, you know, interesting but are very funny uh when when they're discussed and an opportunity does come up to write something that is hers but it gets changed and it's a story about gentrification in harlem where she grew up uh, on top of that she rekindles her love of rhyme and hip-hop taking on the handle of Rodimus Prime as, uh, <laughs> as she, there's a lot of Transformers jokes in this, so I should mention, uh, which is great, um, as she kind of befriends a uh, beats maker and, and uh, musician, uh, D, and her agent, uh, played by Peter Kim, is kind of a little bit not dismissive but just thinks that this is sort of like a weird midlife crisis and the movie is shot in black and white um 35 millimeter 35 millimeter uh played at sundance was a film that garnered a lot of acclaim and award was picked up by netflix a movie that kind of even though could be confused with the 40 year old virgin um does share some similarities with Apatow's work in that it is specifically focused on a character and i think the biggest negative aspect or 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 maybe my my most critical component of this movie like a lot of Judd Apatow films are that it's very long. long and it meanders yeah and i don't mind the meandering kind of nature but the two hour and and 10 minute runtime is runtime is probably my biggest uh complaint as well but i like this i thought it was um you know a charming kind of uh entertaining um you know slice of life kind of not autobiographical but kind of autobiographical kind of telling of you know her experiences in in new york as a playwright and i i think the movie's very funny uh, we watched this together at, at my place and i think we laughed quite a bit i think it's comedy is on point and shows that i think she has a lot of potential as you know uh, a comedian and a writer and a director and um love the black and white cinematography um a lot of the jokes 
I, like I mentioned, super funny, um, on the nose, but in a way that doesn't feel like, like too much. Like, I mean, there are a lot of like ridiculous kind of plays on, um, you know, theater culture in New York and, um, and now, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, riddled with, you know, uh, white men in power and things like that of, of kind of taking different plays. And there's a lot of jokes about, um, I'm trying to think of one, the of multicultural them, but, version uh, of front yeah. fences. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. That's great. And there's tons of those sprinkled in that aren't even punchlines to jokes. They're just kind of like that, that amazing kind of comedy that's just kind of thrown in there as like a, uh, a, like a background character says it or something like that. Right. Where if but you it's the kind it of conversations you, you would hear, you know, yes. amongst elitist crowds as you were kind exactly. of walking from one place it to really another. Is, it is a takedown of that elitist kind of theater culture. And I mean, everyone who um, either has worked in the arts or, you know, is involved in those communities, I think we've all been around a lot of these th- things. I, I mean, Eric, we see it in the film community, especially, you know, TIFF and their, and stuff like that. You get a lot of these types of people. Um, my fiance Nevis works in the art world a lot too. So you get a lot of these types of people. And I just love the takedown because obviously she's coming from real life experiences and maybe they're not necessarily someone saying, let's do a multicultural version of fences, but it's those types of conversations that are these, you know, kind of racist comments that people will make or, or things like that, that they don't necessarily know are racist, but are consistently racist throughout. And it's just like, not even just racist, but all the things of poking fun at that industry of like all the ridiculous things she's probably had to go through as a writer. Um, it's just very, very funny. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's highly enjoyable. Um, yeah, my biggest criticism, like you said, the length, I don't love, uh, uh, the the guy who played her best friend. I just felt her like he Korean me, uh, American um, agent, yeah, uh, played by Peter Kim, yeah. yeah, Peter Kim, yeah. What you mentioned, I just felt like he, he brought he took me out of it a little bit because I felt like he he was overacting a little bit. And uh, mind you, these are all n- not super well known actors, and um and it is a naturalistic kind of form of acting and, and kind of stuff like that too. But I, I don't know. He kind of took me out of it of being a little bit too over the top. Well, the movie has those over the top moments and is a little obviously uh, heightened. Um, he was one of those kind of cliched best, like gay best friend kind of characters that I just was like, this is a little bit much for me. And he was kind of, you know, grinding my gears by the end of it but yeah um, he's the one thing that kind of feels like he sticks out you mentioned you know naturalistic and kind of lived in and like you know that kind of indie kind of quality in terms of performances it's the one that kind of feels like he belongs like in an 80s rom-com is the gay best friend side of the character and in a movie that's kind of trying to break down stereotypes it does feel like that's the one that's being reinforced in a weird way but then i almost go is that satire like is that intentional yeah um because then i think i was sitting there watching the movie and i go this is almost played to a point where it is written very much like that to the point where you know this movie is kind of a riff on a bunch of different things, right? Like she's making her version of this kind of movie. And like, I, I think that maybe putting a character like him and some of the, you know, mannerisms and the way he speaks and certain times where he comes in or even some of the beats, like it has some of those cliched kind of moments you get in, you know, 
movies like this, but it's done in a way where I'm like, oh, I think this is kind of satirical, but it's not just beating you over the head with the satire and you can't, I, I didn't know if it was sincere or if it was satire, which I didn't mind, but his character by the end of it, because it is a very long movie, I was like, I think I, I had enough and I feel like it was a little too you know, overdone and cliched. But uh, th- that being said, I think she's fantastic. She really holds the movie together. The rap battles and scenes are really kind of interesting and fun and like, um, and something that uh, unexpected. And I just feel like the character beats, like you said, it has like a, that indie kind of naturalistic lived in New York, um, kind of vibe and the movie is very much about you know obviously her experiences there like i keep saying and um it is a cliche anytime someone talks about new york being a character in the movie but it seems like she really cares about that city and and the people in it there are other moments too like with um some of the side characters with um there's a uh, these interviews that happen throughout the movie where they're kind of talking to camera um that i don't love and there's like a homeless man that lives across the street from her that is kind of a caricature as well that's kind of yelling things at her and the way that that stuff plays out i feel like takes me out of the grounded kind of nature of it even though some i don't mind the jokes being a little heightened or ridiculous um but or the comment that it's making about those characters as well i think is is an important point to make because you know this movie itself like you you think of like a conventional indie or you know studio film where like you know this person who is kind of struggling or toiling away in in a job that they used to love and they no longer have the passion for it or they're just kind of burnt out and then they find something or rediscover something from their past and then you know they're just as good at that or even better at that and then they take that and it makes them into a success this movie on the other hand doesn't do that it kind of plays against those conventions and it sort of says like even though this is a new kind of creative outlet or something different for her to do to kind of help her even just with you know the idea of you know mourning the loss of her mother and she's kind of almost doesn't even want to kind of deal with it um and you know ignoring her calls from her brother to kind of you know pack up her mother's place and stuff like that and you know figure out what to do with all the stuff in in her house you you get the sense that this movie is kind of you know again uh, a mixtape rough around the edges kind of movie that is being presented as a film that is looking at satirizing the industry but also kind of showing you how the creative process works within how things change. I think like, you know, the script that she pitches Harlem a, which is this story, this small little story about an African American man and his wife and their shop owner and a little variety store. And it's not kind of like a showy or splashy production in any manner. Um, but it, it says a lot about what's going on and it's from the perspective of an African-American woman, you know, writing this story. And then we see, you know, this, you know, Broadway producer kind of take over and how the creative input sort of dilutes that original Mm -hmm. idea and makes it quote unquote more palatable or commercial for a white audience and how things change. And that's gentrification are, within the script. A hundred percent. And that's fantastic. And I think that's the some of the most interesting stuff in the movie. While we were talking a lot about the comedy, that meta 
commentary in the movie um, I think is some of the best stuff. And ironically, like the two reviews we did today before this, which you guys can listen to now of black bear and trial of the Chicago seven, I think are also touching on some of those things that you just said, black bear talking about the artistic process and obviously a, a much weirder uh, way than this movie is. Um, and then trial of the Chicago seven, that is that kind of trial of the Chicago seven is that movie that, her play gets turned into in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like, oh, totally. that, it, yes, that's what I mean. And like, and there's this great moment in, in this movie that I, I don't want to give away, but um, it's just, it, it's so funny how it cuts to the audience and, and, you know, the type of audience that is watching the movie and, you know, the director who they hire and then Rada coming out with her big moment of her play finally, you know, in previews or, or, or whatever. Um, I just think it's so interesting because then I think about trial and every, all of our criticisms of trial in the Chicago seven are exactly kind of what they formed her, her movie that is, has an important message and, and has a distinct voice. And like you said, how they dilute it into this, um, this commercial kind of thing that, you know, every quote unquote, everyone will enjoy or whatever. And then, um, I, that made me laugh and that just kind of clicked. So go listen to our reviews of trial of the Chicago seven and uh black bear covering certain things that we talked about here, much different ways. But I think Rada does a great job in this movie of that. Like we said, that meta commentary of, of talking about that process and, and the people who get involved and in when you're trying to say something and, um, and how do you stay true you to got, your own voice? Yes. Like that's the thing as yeah. well. Like she doesn't want to become a sellout or somebody that, you know, is willing to just, you know, be passive when it comes to her work, right? Like that's the thing that she, she wants to be authentic and always kind of remain true to the stories that she's telling. And what does that mean when you have to compromise or change things when you're working with people that aren't looking at it at the same way as you are? And what does that mean? And, you know, again, the, the outlet that she has for these, you know, hip hop battles and, and, and writing, it almost feels like it's a way for her to just kind of, I don't want to say like, it's a hobby because like, obviously she's, she's very talented at, at, at writing, you know, these, these lyrics and, and sort of these, these lines, but it feels like it's a way for her to kind of just decompress a little bit as well at times to get, kind of get out of, you know, what's going on with her professional career, yeah. which at one she point I'm have sure, to answer to anyone. No, no, no. What she is saying is her work is, is unfiltered and it's just completely mm -hmm. and purely her. And like this movie is completely and purely her. It's a representation of what she has to offer as a performer, a writer, a director, a producer, a multi-talent. And it's exciting to just see this movie as just kind of a conceptual package put together as, you know, a showcase for her as an artist. And I think yeah, like movies, you know, you look at other Sundance films or other movies that were shot in black and white, like clerks or, you know, um, the last picture show or Nebraska or things like Even that. Even that's probably kind of a, you know, a nod, right? Yeah. Well, like, I, Oh, definitely, definitely. Because yeah. like, well, why not? And especially again, looking at it from the point of view of, you know, the black community and sort of having a spin on it that way, sure, because we yeah. don't get to see yeah. that, uh, that often. So it's, it's nice to see something that is, 
you know, uniquely original and specifically tailored to the individual that's made it. But also on top of that, that it's good. Like it's not just a vanity project or something that turns into a horrible kind of, you know, flop house esque uh, laugh at kind of movie where you have somebody that's at the wheel that is, you know, just out of their mind. You know, you think of Neil Breen or Tommy Wiseau with, you know, when they're making their movies and they have no idea what they're doing. Rada Blank knows what she's doing. She, she's telling a a story narratively that works perfectly within the context of film, but the movie is so well made that it feels like she's been making movies forever. And this is her first. So. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I'll even, you know what, we complained about the length and things like that, but I'm sure like this was an independent movie that she sold to Netflix at Sundance, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure part of that was no, this is what this is my movie. So no, I'm not making it under 2 hours or I'm not like if you're going to buy it, like and and I'll give Netflix credit because they have been very filmmaker friendly uh lately cuz Netflix could easily be in that group of people who would try to water down some content or something like that, but they haven't really I mean I'm sure there are cases where they, you know, have studio notes and things like that. But for the most part, from what we understand is that, you know, they kind of let filmmakers tell their story and kind of, they're one of the only places that, you know, give people the freedom to be like, no, here's your unfiltered vision uh, for better or for worse. In some cases, Uh, sometimes we get the two and a half hour uh, random ass action movie that no one's asking for. um, Or Sandy Wexler. Yeah, like things like that. Um, or you get, you know, they, they pick up a movie at Sundance that maybe at a, you know, Universal where 40-Year-Old Virgin came out, um, although they give Apatow that uh, the benefit of the doubt to make a two-hour and 20-minute comedy, but would they... And why uh, do you think it? that is? Like, <laughs> yeah, so there's another... That's what the movie's trying to say as well. So I appreciate, even if the length didn't work for us necessarily, I don't think it ever felt like it was unbearably long. I just feel like it might've been a little tighter being, you know, an hour 45 or something like that. Right. Um, Or even an hour 50. But I also appreciate it's rough around the edges quality, like a playlist. Like it feels like it's something that somebody made and it's not something that was made by, you know, the industry. Like it, it feels like it, it has a heart and soul and that it's alive and that it's not just something that, you know, is a product per se. I'd agree with that completely. Uh, really enjoyed it. Thought it was very funny. I think she is a talent and I can't wait to see what she does next. So um, I definitely suggest checking this out. It's playing on Netflix now. I know we're a little bit delayed with the review, but if you haven't watched it yet, highly suggest it. Um, again, like Eric said, a little rough around the edges. Some of the character moments of the side characters, I didn't love the length. I didn't love, but overall, thought it was pretty solid so i'm gonna give it a three and a half out of five i'm gonna give it a solid four out of five because again i really did like it and i just i love the idea of just something being you know someone's voice kind of perpetuated in a film or music that kind of works and i think that this movie truly captures the indie spirit and is a new voice to be excited about. So I, 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 and I, I also really thought it was quite funny. Like that is the thing. No, I it was laughing yeah. quite a bit. I I'd agree with that. Um, as much as I've laughed in probably most, like we haven't gotten a ton of, do you think the theatrical comedy is dead? 
Probably, right? Probably. Like, I don't know. I think like... between the 40-year-old version and maybe I'm thinking of ending things, those are the two movies that I've laughed <laughs> Very at different, the most. Very different, but yeah. The most? Just yeah. Be- well, because I think, th- you know, humor-wise, like, humor is, is is so subjective when it comes to- We've talked about, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that that's, you know, it- if you're making a comedy and it just does not work within the first 10 minutes of the movie, you just won't be into it. You won't be into it. And, and I think that, you know, like specifically like my sense of humor is very dry and weird and sometimes abstract and like, you know, very like odd references. And then like, I also do appreciate like the, you know, sometimes the, the stupid humor that I'll laugh at. Yeah. Yeah. But this Scooby is this Halloween, is, yeah, but this is more uh, this is this is more earnest and and raw, but also very as you mentioned satirical. And I appreciated the satire because I think it's not only funny but truthful in a lot of ways. Absolutely, a, a true takedown, which I always love. Um, okay, guys, thank you all for listening. Uh, like I mentioned, we have a couple other reviews I would love for you guys to check out. Uh, Black Bear, The Trial of the Chicago 7 are both up right now. Weirdly connected, like we said, uh, kind of thematically um, to this film. Uh, we also have reviews up for Dick Johnson is Dead, Possessor, Console Wars, um, and a slew of other movies. So, uh, go check out all of those right here on Untitled Movie Reviews. You can check out our uh, flagship show, the Untitled Movie Podcast, which is also available on your podcast service of choice. Our 77th draft, uh, which re- was last week's episode, is up there right now. We should have another episode for you early next week. Um, as well as Untitled Movie Conversations, uh, our most recent episode, again, uh, with Jay Wadley, the composer for Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things on Netflix. So go check that out if you have haven't yet um if you have another couple spare minutes uh just probably less than a couple minutes if you could pop over to your podcast service of choice if they have a way to rate or review us if you could drop us a review uh if you enjoyed this we'd really really appreciate it any of those you know trilogy of podcasts it really kind of helps us out uh can follow us on all those social medias at untitled underscore cast you can follow me at matt rorabek on all social media platforms and my work is it used to be around the internet, but it's usually right here at, at the Untitled Movie Podcast, so uh, you can go there, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, well, no, I used to say you can find – because I used to write for like you know Cineplex and other places and stuff like that. That's out the window now. Um, so it's usually just here, so I don't even know why I need to plug the show that you're already listening to. You never to, know. But, you, you know you, yeah. I mean, you, you're on – you know you were on kind of funny recently you're on right i was you on know, cinema, cinema scene, scene. Right? so yeah you can say around the web you're, that's you're, true eric you're golden, thank boy. you Thanks, you're golden man. you're golden Thanks, man no problem anytime uh you can find more of my work at rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social media is at em6211 until next time i can't wait for the all-female version of 12 angry men <laughs> yeah that's another good one